Lord, that we must do this in remembrance of you. And Father, we do thank you for sending your son Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that you were obedient to the Father, even unto death. Thank you for that. And Lord, as we look at this very important subject in the Bible, I pray, Lord, that you anoint my lips, anoint our ears. I pray, Lord, that we would learn from you today. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. While we're getting this uh, sound ready, I'd just like to say about, I think it was last week, um, time does fly, but uh, last week was so typical of what body ministry is. Was it last week that Andy preached? And it was just so great. I had nothing to do the whole service because of everybody taking part. And not only that, during the week, it was great too. The list I sent out was, was not the whole thing because after I'd finished writing that email, there were other things that came to mind about people and what they had done in the service. And you see, that's what it's all about. It's about us serving one another. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's just so great. And, and, and as I said in that email, I always leave somebody out. So if I did leave you out and you were involved in some type of, 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 of ministry, please, please forgive me. If you have an email address and you'd like me to include you into, my, into the emails I send out, please come to me afterwards and give me your email and I'll add it to the address uh, list. Now, today we are going to look at Shavuot, which is the Jewish name for Pentecost. And the word Pentecost comes from the original word for 50. Now you may wonder what that is all about. And it is quite simple, is that we will read it in the Old Testament, that um, in, in obedience to God, the Israelites, the Jews, had to have a celebration today. And what they were celebrating was the giving of the law. And uh, I found it very interesting when I did some research this week. They don't celebrate the receiving of the law. They celebrate the giving of the law. In that, I thought it was strange. You know, how can, how can we celebrate the giving of the law in that we received it? But the beauty of it is, is that in our lives, we give what God has given us. And... I just thought all the readings were just so great. The songs were so great. And I didn't share with Jenny what I was going to share today. And it just goes to show you how the Holy Spirit works. And, uh, and, and the other two readings were just so great. You know, the Holy Spirit is the one who administers what we do here and how we do it. And I just, I just thank God for that. So, let's have a look at Shavuot. Or Pentecost. And uh, just for those that don't understand what we're doing, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 16, there's this verse that says, sorry Colossians, can we switch that, uh, this light off please? It shines on the screen. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's Colossians chapter 2 and it says, so let no one judge you in the food or in the drink, or regarding a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath, 
which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance of which is Christ. Now what that scripture is saying is quite simple. You see, we are free. We don't have to, we don't have to do anything for our salvation but believe God. But there are people who choose to follow the, the, uh, the feasts as we are today. We're mentioning it and, and I really believe it's important for us to mention it because it's, 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 God's, it's God's commandment. But what that is also saying, the last bit of it is, is that in these things are hidden the mystery of the gospel. So in Shavuot, we're going to see the gospel. One of the things the Jews will do on Shavuot is they will read the book of Esther, sorry, the book of Ruth. And we will have a look at a, we'll have a, look at a short bit of the book of, of Ruth later on. But please, guys, we'll see Jesus in Shavuot, we'll see Jesus in the book of Ruth. Now, Jesus is mentioned in the book of Ruth. He's mentioned there by, by what he is, a kinsman redeemer. So we'll see in the book of Ruth how Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. And uh, we'll see, you see, I believe, as we'll see today, that uh, the feast of Shavuot has been, has been fulfilled in that God gave us the Holy Spirit on this day. Let's read Leviticus 23. Lovely Old Testament. Leviticus chapter 23 and from verse 16. And it says, You shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath from which you brought in the sheath of the wave offering. Now let me stop there and just explain to you that the three main feasts of Israel have got both a historic and a spiritual significance. And you'll see that the, 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 the historic one is, is the fact that it is a, a feast that celebrates harvest. You'll see that uh, the first one is, is, is Passover, which is at the, at the beginning of the harvest season and then Shavuot which is at the end of the harvest season the next one which is Tabernacles which is where all the sorry between uh, between Passover and Shavuot you will find that all the grains are harvested and then at Tabernacles when the next big harvest time is there's where all the fruit is, 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 is harvested like the grapes and the, and the olives so it's very important. Once you start understanding, you start putting together the fact of the harvest and the festival, you'll understand why. And you'll see that uh, a first fruit offering is always given or required to be given of the harvest. And we know who the first fruits of all those born again are. Jesus is. He was risen from the dead as first fruits. The promise that there'd be more to follow. Because that's what the first fruit offering is. And I want to just uh, uh, say that the first fruit offering, you didn't give God the first fruit offering, offering of the gleanings. What you did was you went and you got the ripest and the most plumpest of, of the harvest. And that is what you, what you harvested and made a first fruit offering. So you gave God of the best 
of, of the harvest. Okay, let's read on. You shall count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Now, 50 days, it says that, they, verse 15 said, seven full weeks, which is seven sevens of 49, and the 50th day is the, is the day after the last Sabbath of that week. Remembering that the Jewish calendar starts on a Monday and ends on the Sabbath. Have I got that wrong? Starts on a Sunday. Um, and uh, will finish on the Sabbath. So bring from your dwelling places two loaves, from your, from your dwelling places two loaves of bread that have been waved, made of two tenths of an ephath. They shall be of fine flour and shall be baked with leaven, the first fruits to the Lord. And you shall prepare with the bread seven lambs a year without blemish, one bull and a herd and two rams. They shall be a burnt offering to the Lord with a grain offering and a drink offering of food offering and a, with a pleasant aroma to the Lord. And you shall offer one male goat for the sin offering and two male lambs and a year old as a sacrifice of a peace offering. So you see, this is, this is, this is giving God everything because what we need to understand about God is that without giving him all, there's no deal. You can't come along to God and say, listen, Lord, I want to negotiate with you. I'm only going to give you my work time, but my leisure time is mine. It doesn't work that way. You see, you've got to give God everything. And, um, and we need to give God the best of, of everything. So we can see where the 50 comes from. It's the seven days plus one, seven weeks plus one. And so interesting, what that day you count from is the day of Passover. In other words, the day that the, lamb, the lambs were slaughtered and the day that Jesus died. So 50 days from there. And that's when you celebrate this. And what actually happened on this day? Okay, we've gone through that. This is what the Jewish people will do. They'll, the giving of the law is celebrated. So in other words, they will, they will celebrate the fact that in Exodus 20, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And that is what they will celebrate on this day. And this is, this is so significant because why was the law given to us? The law was given to us as a teacher. The Bible says in Galatians that the law is a, is a schoolmaster. The law teaches us that we've sinned and that we've fallen short of the glory of God. The law teaches us that we need a savior. You see, nobody can come to Jesus until they have understood the fact that they're sinners. And understood the fact that because of their sin, they have been separated from God. The Bible says that we are dead in our sin. And as a result, they need to come to repentance. And the beauty of this is that only the Holy Spirit can reveal these things to us. Only the Holy Spirit. And then when the Holy Spirit has revealed these things to us, in obedience, 
We say, Lord, I give you my life and you give me your life. That's the simplicity of the gospel. But it can only be done if we understand the law. You see, people, if, if, if people don't understand they need a saviour, they don't need Jesus. It's when they understand they need a saviour. And that's what the law was given for. The law was given as a mirror so that when we looked into the law, in, into the law we saw the, the fact that we had dirty faces because of sin. And that we needed to be washed in the blood of Jesus. And that's what it is given. And of course they have a big party. And I think it's so interesting that, that this is a day that they call to have a holy convo- convocation, which is a day that the whole nation is called together. Can you imagine what would happen as we are looking towards the most important day of voting that we'll ever have in our lives and we had a day where the whole nation got together and prayed and seek God's face about what we should vote. Just imagine what would happen. If we got on our knees and said, Lord, please forgive us. Please show us what you want us to vote. The whole nation. But let me tell you now, there are people that are voting out of selfishness. I'm going to spend two minutes on this and I'm going to move on because I think it's important. Everybody that I've spoken to that is voting to remain in the EU is voting out of selfish reasons. It's good for this and it's good for that and they got this and they got that out of a thing and they can go on holiday and they can go and work where they want to and all this. It's all selfish reasons. But let me tell you now, reading the word and seeing what is happening in, in, in Europe, I really believe that we need to come out for spiritual reasons because there is so much law that has been cast around the gospel to cement it in, to, 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 to bury it and God's word. And there's so much happening there to, to bring out the self in us. In other words, modern day thinking where everything is right as long as it's right for you. But let me tell you now, the Bible says that we must come out of areas like that. And I really believe it. This is a spiritual thing. And of course, the secondary thing is that if we believe in democracy, then we've got to come out because in, in Europe at the moment, there's no democracy. No democracy whatsoever. There are people that have been unelected that are sitting in places making rules and laws over us, whether we like it or not, and we cannot get rid of them because they are not there through democracy. Also, I would like to say that my father... Um, even although we were in South Africa, he volunteered to become a pilot and fought in the Second World War. He was a bomber pilot. And uh, they were not conscripted. South Africans weren't conscripted into the Second World War. Every South African that fought in the Second World War did it voluntarily. And, uh, and I think he would be really disgusted if I voted to stay in when he fought so hard gave his life, almost gave his life because he was shot down over enemy territory um, to, to save us from what is happening in Europe at the moment. Okay, that's enough of that. So we know this is, this is great. And of course the book of Ruth is read and the harvest is celebrated with the first fruit offering. So these are important things. They do a lot else. 
But uh, these are these are generally uh, what happens because Jewish communities all over the world will will add a few things to those, but those are the main things that they do. And uh, let's have a look at the book of Ruth. Um, the book of Ruth is after the book of Judges, which I thought was very interesting uh, because if you read the opening verses of the book of Ruth, it says in verse 1 of chapter 1, it says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine. And we know what happens. Amimelech takes his wife and their two sons going to, uh, to, to Moab to go and look for food, basically because of the famine that was in the land of Israel. And very interestingly is that this man... He's mentioned first as a man from Bethlehem in Judah. So Amimelech is a man from Bethlehem. And what do we know about the name of Bethlehem? It is the house of God. That's what Bethlehem means, the house of God. So this man leads, leaves the house of God to go to Moab, which is a foreign country, to go and look for food with his wife and his two sons. What happens is the two sons find daughter, uh, wives amongst the Moabites. And... Uh, First the father dies, then the two sons die, and uh, Naomi, the wife with her two uh, daughter-in-laws, decide to come back. But uh, Naomi says to the daughter-in-laws, listen, why don't you just go back to your parents, your mother's house, your father's house, and you'll find food there. And uh, the most famous quote that... uh, uh, we know about Ruth is in chapter 1, verse 16. It says, well, I'll read 15. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. And where you die, I will die. And where you will, and there I will be buried. So, Ruth makes the most incredible decision. She knew that she was being married into a Hebrew family that uh, that believed in a single God, that believed in the God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth and she makes this decision that Naomi's God would be her God isn't that incredible and we'll see what happens God really rewards her and uh, we find in verse uh, chapter 4 verse 1 it says now Boaz okay let me just uh, before I read that scripture what actually happens is there's uh, so many of the Jewish cultural uh, things that are involved in this little book and one of the main ones that comes out just before what I'm going to read in verse 4 is the fact that the law of Moses said that when they were reaping a field they had to not they had to leave the edges of the field and if anything fell while they were reaping wheat for instance if, if wheat fell they were not allowed to pick it up they had to leave it for the poor to come behind, and that was called gleaning. And that's exactly what Ruth does. She tells her, she tells her mother, listen, I'm going to go and glean. And um, she just finds herself in Boaz's field. 
and of course she finds favor in Boaz's eyesight and uh, Boaz blesses her, tells the men they're not allowed to touch her and says to the, to the guys reaping, listen, leave little handfuls so that she can, she can pick them up. And of course what happens is she, uh, in obedience to her mother Naomi, she goes and lays at his feet and of course what that means is that she is submitting herself to him and um, what results is that Boaz realizes that he is a kinsman redeemer. In other words, that he was family of her father-in-law, the man that left God's house. And he decides that he wants to marry her, but he is only second in line to marry her. And this is what he does. He says, now Boaz has gone up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. And so, in other words, these guys used to have the habit of going to go and sit at the city gates, and uh, Boaz goes there, and the guy that is first in line to redeem them, and of course, this, is, this again involves another Jewish law. As you know, that on the on the, in the year of Jubilee, everything was cancelled as far as debt goes, and if where the, the, the piece of land that was given to that family by Joshua gets returned to that family. And, um, of course, what would have happened here is that the kinsman redeemer would have redeemed this piece of land and would have had to give it back to the family on 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 the jubilee year but what comes what happens is that this guy when he realizes that he can in taking the land he's got to take Ruth and her mother Naomi too he decides no I don't want her I don't want the piece of land you can have her and of course this is this is great news for Boaz because he wants her and he wants to marry her and he wants the piece of land and verse 7 says now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning concerning redeeming and exchanging to confirm the transaction the one who drew, drew off his sandal and gave it to the other and this was a manner of attesting in Israel so in other words they there Boaz is very clever he goes and sits at the gate but he goes and fetches 10 of the elders to witness this and of course this is exactly what happens, is that Boaz um, gets the elders of the, of, of the city to, uh, to witness the fact that uh, the first guy that is in line to redeem them doesn't want it, and he becomes the kinsman redeemer. And I love this, this word. This version says that, uh, and behold, the redeemer. The word redeemer is used. I've got the English standard version and we know that Jesus is our redeemer. You can see the picture of the gospel here. And what happens is that Ruth has to submit herself completely to Boaz. There's no, there's no seconds about it. There's no holding back. She has to give herself to him Fully, and she, remember, is a foreigner. She is a Moabite. And what is, 
Just, just look at how wonderful God's grace is. Ruth gives birth to Obed, and Obed gives birth to Jesse, and Jesse is the father of King David. So what happens is we find that Ruth, this Moabite, gets placed into the lineage of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Isn't that great? Isn't that God's grace? You see, nobody is left out. And uh, it's amazing to read that it's always the men that get named in the genealogies. But Ruth, who is a foreigner, and the other lady that gets mentioned in the, in, in the um, genealogies is the lady from where they walked around the walls. Jerica, and what's her name? Rachel. Rachel. So you, you can see how important these genealogies are and how it ties into the gospel. So right back here in Ruth, before the kings were even appointed, because this was still in the time of the judgment, we see these things. There's so much more in Ruth. Really, I think we need to do a study of Ruth as a series one day, because it's just so wonderful. It just ties in all these, these wonderful um, old things in the Old Testament and, and helps us to understand so much more. So that is why they read the book of Ruth. And they don't even know it. Because it talks about the Redeemer. It points to Jesus. It points to Jesus. And why is it important for it to point to Jesus? We'll see. Here are the Ten Commandments that were given to Moses. This is, you can find them in Exodus chapter 20. It says, you sh these are very, uh, I have reduced them. You shall have no other gods before me, which is the first one. You shall make no, you shall not make any graven images. Very important. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You must keep the Sabbath. You must honor your mother and father. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not... I've got commit adultery twice there, so which one have I left out? You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Do not covet. Do not covet, that's right. So those are the Ten Commandments. Those are the Ten Commandments that God gave us as a mirror. So in other words, these are the Ten Commandments which we should be looking and, and searching our hearts with. We are going to come to that time of, of when we look at the Day of Atonement and the Ten Days of Awe. And during those ten days of awe, those are the things that we should be searching our hearts with to make sure that uh, we are true. And, and, and how many times have we read or sung those words, Lord, search my heart, search my heart. You see, because when we grow close to Jesus, we want him to search our hearts. We don't want him to find anything in there that is going to hinder our relationship with him. You see, we're not going to lose our salvation if we commit murder. Because the Bible clearly states, Jesus says, the law says, thou shalt not commit murder. But I tell you, even if you cross with your brother, you have committed murder in your heart. 
So let me tell you now, just because you haven't stabbed somebody between the shoulder blades with a six-inch knife, doesn't mean you haven't committed murder, even if you cross with your brother. You see, Jesus lifts the whole emphasis on the law so much higher. And in Deuteronomy chapter 16, is the same thing about uh, the Feast of Weeks. Shall keep the Feast of Weeks unto the Lord with the tribute of a free will offering. And I just wanted to uh, mention this free will offering. Over and above all those things we read, this is a free will offering. In other words, this is from your heart. And uh, it does not dictate to you what the free will offering is. And I really believe what this is speaking about, it's prophetic about what you and I do before we come to Jesus. You see, we're not forced to give our lives to Jesus. He doesn't twist our arms and say, give your life to me. We've got to freely give our lives to him. And I really believe that this is prophetic of that. It could have other meanings. But I really believe that that's what happened. You see, we came to Jesus understanding that we needed a saviour. And we said, Lord Jesus, please take my life. I've made such a mess of it. You take my life and give me your life. And that's the free will offering, I really believe, that is spoken about here. There's obviously the other connotation where it could be, could be physical, it could be financial, it could be anything. But I really believe that that's the free will offering. Which you shall give the Lord according to the Lord. Thy God has blessed thee. Isn't that great? that it's not only mentioned once, but uh, twice. And this is why they have the big party. It says, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God. You and your sons, and your daughter, and your male servant, and your maid servant, and the Levite that is within your gates, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow that are among you, in the place which the Lord thy God has given you, has chosen the place in his name. And, and, and again, this is, I really believe, is a call for us to evangelize. We've now given that free will offering. We've given God our lives. And now we've got to go and celebrate the gospel. That covers everybody. Your neighbor, your son, your daughters, your male servants, the Levite within your gate, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, and anybody that's amongst you. We've got to go and celebrate the gospel. Isn't that great? Celebrate the gospel. And that's what we want to do on the 26th. Please, guys. If you need pamphlets, I can print hundreds. So you tell me how many you need and I'll print them and you give them out to your friends. And what this is, I'm telling you now, I have learned over my time as, a, as, as, as an evangelist, there is nothing better or more effective than word of mouth when you're inviting somebody. It's easy to put a pamphlet through the door and you can do 10,000 of those, but I'm telling you it's not worth how much it is to just tell a friend, listen, come along to church with me. We're going to have a short service and then we're going to have a meal together. Come along and, and join us. It doesn't take much, guys. Go out of your way. If, if, if you've got somebody that needs a lift, I'll, I'll go and pick them up and take them home. But Please, guys, we need to go out into the highways and the byways and to celebrate the gospel with people. We need to tell them what we've got. We need to have that party. We shall rejoice 
let me tell you now, we need to go out there and people need to say, well, Rob, what's wrong with you? And you say, because I'm, I'm saved. I've got, the, I've got the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings living within me. And that's how we should come across. I'm telling you now, there's nothing better than the commission we've been given. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God and your sons and your daughters and your male servants and your main servants and the Levite within your gates and the stranger and the fatherless and the widows that are among you. We need to preach the gospel, guys. That's our celebration. You see, this, this has already been fulfilled and we're going to see. This has already been fulfilled in your life. You've been given the law. And how have you been given the law? This scripture, uh, 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 this is at the end of the, of the little passage. It's not part of that, but uh, it's, it's in the next paragraph. And it says, you shall remember that you were slaves in Egypt. And you shall be careful to observe these statutes. And you see, I don't think this is about the law. This is about the previous verse. This is about us rejoicing. This is about us going out there and including everybody that's around us, our neighbor. I had to smile when John was talking about the neighbor that made a noise. Debbie and I, we were bracing ourselves last night because one of our neighbors, two o'clock in the morning, a couple of weeks ago, woke us up with his wonderful drunken singing. But uh, you see, we just got to love these guys. Those are the guys we got to love, you see. Because those are the guys where we measure our love. How, do, how much do I love that guy that woke me up at 2 o'clock in the morning? Got the dogs all upset because they heard this terrible noise. The dogs kept us awake because every little creek, the dogs barked again after that. So we didn't get any sleep after, after that because the dogs saw to it. So we got to love these guys. And we got to bring them into the gospel. And that's what it's talking about. These statutes. What are these statutes? You see, we've got to live them out. We've got to live the kindness and the humility out. Ezekiel chapter 36 says, And I will give you a new heart. You see, this is how God sorts the law out in our lives. He says, He'll give us a new heart and put us a new spirit within us. And I will take out the heart of stone, stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Isn't that great? So that is describing our rebirth. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. In other words, that scripture is telling me that God is going to make me walk in his statutes. Why? Because the Bible says when I become, a, when I become born again, I die on the cross with Jesus and I become a new creature. And it's the new creature that he causes to walk in his statutes. Isn't that great? And you will keep my judgments and do them. Why? Because we are born again and we've got a new spirit. We've got a new heart of flesh. The old heart of stone has been removed by the Holy Spirit and a heart of flesh has been put in there. And through that heart of flesh, the Holy Spirit takes control of our lives. That is why it's important for us to to walk in the Spirit, to seek Jesus' face, because in doing that, we give him control of our lives and he causes us to walk in his statutes. Now, I know that was a big mouthful and I hope you guys listened to it on the tape because that's sanctification. Sanctification is when we say, Lord, take my life. 
Let it be consecrated to you. And you give God, as he requests of you, areas of your character and of your life. As you give it to him, he will change it and he will cause that area of your life to follow his statutes and its sanctification. You see, it doesn't happen overnight, guys. We don't get saved yesterday and today we walk fully in God's statutes. We've got to grow. And we grow by submitting to Jesus everything that we are and have. Now comes the fulfillment. The fulfillment is in, in, in Acts chapter 2. where God in his miraculous power um, sends the Holy Spirit that was promised by John, promised by Jesus to the disciples where he says, I'm going to go, I have to go because if I don't go, I can't send you the comforter. And the comforter comes. And uh, I was just asking Debbie as I was thinking about my message driving home from 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 Bible study law, uh, on, on Friday night. When do you think the disciples got saved? When did they get born again? You see, they must have been born again already because this is a separate happening where they get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think uh, we, we won't read it from there. We read it from, from the Word. It's much easier. Then I'll be facing you. Acts chapter 2. This, guys, is the fulfillment of the Feast of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. This is where God, in his wonderful mercy and his love and his kindness, places in us those hearts of flesh. And uh, I, I, just something you may not know, this, this happens 10 days after the resurrection of Jesus. 50 days, oh, sorry, ascension. sorry, after ascension. It happens 50 days after his crucifixion and 10 days after his ascension. And of course, I believe that the way this is written, they were celebrating Shavuot. Because it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. In other words, this is obedience. This is a holy convocation that they were called together, and that's why they were together. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and, rest, and rested on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterage. Now they were... Dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And why were they there? Why were there so many people in Jerusalem that day? Because it was a requirement of all one person from each family to represent the family to go up to Jerusalem on the feast days. And Shavuot was an important feast day. And therefore, God had filled Jerusalem with Jews from all over the known world, and it gives uh, under heaven. And this sound, and this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one hearing them speak in their own language 
and it goes through how many it was, how many places they were from. Going down to verse 14, but Peter standing with the eleven lifted up his voice and addressed them. Now remember, this is the Peter that had denied Jesus three times and once to a little servant girl. Now he's got power. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has come upon him. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For those people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And of course, there we see the, the fulfillment of this incredible prophecy. Isn't that great? Can you see how important this day is for us? And it's such a pity that, that our guys have gone and messed up our calendar. Because they put Easter when they want to, and not according to the Bible. They didn't put Passover where it was supposed to be. They just put a pen on the, on the calendar. And you see, this is what's happening. You see, we need to get back to God's, God's word. I don't think there are many Christian congregations today that are celebrating Pentecost today. And we know that it's closest. This is the biblical Pentecost that we are celebrating. Isn't that great? And this is the prophecy from Joel. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Even on your servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And then, of course, I've gone through all the gifts of the spirit. But please, guys, we've got to understand how important this day is to us. So important. Without this day, without the celebration, we would not have the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We would not be empowered as God wants us to be empowered. I just got to say, if anybody is not baptized in the Holy Spirit, please come and I'll pray for you. Because you're missing out. You're missing out. Please don't be one of those that say oh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit was for those days. It's the same God. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's no respecter of persons. So if he, gave, if he baptized those guys with, our, with, the, with the Holy Spirit, why will he not baptize me? The fact is I need that baptism because that's what gives me the power and the boldness to go out and witness. And I'm telling you now, if you're feeling, if you're feeling, wow, well, Rob, I can't go out there and witness to people. They will ridicule me. They'll, they'll just tear me to shreds. They'll just wrap me around their little fingers in arguments. I'm telling you now, seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says when you baptize in the Holy Spirit, you open your, word, open your mouth and he'll put the words in. See, it's about faith. It's about, it's about his incredible plan of salvation. It's about being obedient to the gospel. Amen. Father, we do thank you for this incredible time of fulfillment of the Old Testament. Thank you, Lord, that we see it in our lives today. Please, Lord, let us not forget where our roots are. Our roots are in those Old Testament scriptures 
in those customs that you gave the Jews. And Father, I just pray that we would seek the knowledge and the wisdom that comes out of that and not put it aside because it is so-called Jewish feast. I pray, Lord, that it is a feast of, it's a feast of God. It's your feast. It's your plan. And you're the one that fulfills it. So, Father, we do thank you for that indwelling Holy Spirit. We thank you, too, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Lord, where you, where you give us the power to witness for you, the power to love our neighbor, the power, Lord, to love you with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our strength. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for such a wonderful salvation. I pray, Lord, that you help us live lives that make us worthy to call ourselves sons and daughters of the living God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Okay, let's sing a last song and take the tithes and offerings.